All right, guys. So I Googled Christian parodies of pop songs. And so I think I'm going to do this a couple of different ways. The first way is I'm going to give you the par- the title of the parody, the Christian parody, and you have to tell me the title of the original song. And, you know, you get some bonus points, I guess, if you can also name the artist. So first song. Can we buzz in or are you going to go back and forth? Uh, I'll start with you on this one, Luke. Okay. The Christian parody title is All About That Christ. <laughs> Who, what's the original oh, song? All, it's uh, Megan Trainer, all about that bass. Yeah, yeah, very good. Oh, okay. Next one. <laughs> this was a little bit harder, Nick, but <laughs> the <you>. the <laughs> title the title of the Christian parody is "Modest Ladies." Uh, single ladies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. It's actually one of my favorite songs. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> Why? Because you have the legs of a single lady. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Uh, let's switch it up on this one. I'm going to give you the original pop song, secular pop song, oh, and you have harder. to try to Christianize it based on what the parody is. Okay. So here's yours, Luke. Beat It by Michael Jackson. Um, eat It, The Body of Christ. In <laughs> That, no, uh, that probably it, uh, exists somewhere out there, <laughs> but that's uh, not what I'm looking for. No, uh, beat it, the, the, the body of Christ, because he, <laughs> he, got, he took abuse for, before he got on the cross. Uh, hmm. <laughs> like, that's a trick question. It didn't change. Yeah. Read it. There it is. Read it. Read it. Nice job. That was a good one. I would have never guessed that. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you can. I can this do this one, all night. This is the podcast for me at this point. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite game I've ever done. Okay, Nick. Here's the original title: Eminem's "The Real Slim Shady." Oh my god! Uh, this is not a good, not as good of a play on words, but it would still work. God, and I mean, how? Well, did they change the lyrics to turn that song into something you can listen <laughs> to at church? That's a lot of. They must have just done the chorus. <laughs> uh, the real Jesus Christ. Uh, oh, I have a I have a guess. Okay. The the oh God the real sin. Uh, hate hater. Save. <laughs> Save. There it is. Y'all work together. The oh, that's right. Savior. The real sin savior. Oh my. God. <laughs> That's it. Well done, Nick. Well done. It, it, it works. It that. works. Thank you, you know, for that alley oop. <laughs> that's an alley oop. <laughs> this one's a little cheap, so y'all can both do this one together if you want. Uh, Black Eyed Peas. I got a feeling tonight's gonna be a good night. So, what is the Christian version? I got a savior. Tonight's gonna be a god night. Now, well, you, 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 tonight's gonna be a god night. It's gotta be right. <laughs> it is. It's just I got a feeling tonight's gonna be a god night. Oh, uh, <laughs> they just took out one letter. <laughs> what about um, Y H W H? What? What? Oh, what? Oh, I know that's Yahweh, but what the what? Oh, instead of Y M C A, Y L C it doesn't really flow as well as YMCA does. Uh, okay, last one, and I thought that this one was probably the best one. Uh, it's Steppenwolf, Born to be Wild. 
Born to be child. Close. Oh, that's a good one. That was my first thought too. Uh, born, born to be Bible. You got born and you got child right. Born as the child. Oh, yeah, that's got to be it. The correct answer is born again child. You know what? I think. Oh my God, Nick, yours is so much better. <laughs> Especially if it would be a, it would be a Christmas song. A like the it's, it's the wise men all dressed up at the, at the nativity scene and they show up singing that song born as the child that's great we gotta do that oh okay let's start the episode <laughs> Hi, neighbors. Welcome to another episode of the Praise and Broship podcast, where two best friends who are also deconstructed Christians deconstruct praise and worship music, as well as other forms of Christian and secular media. As former praise and worship musicians and students of theology, we'll do our best to bring unique, insightful, and hopefully lighthearted conversations to your ears every week. My name is CJ, and I'm joined by my best friend, Luke, and we are joined by one of our good friends, Nick. How's it going, Nick? I'm doing pretty great. I'm excited to be here, excited to talk about secular music, and I, I mean, I guess I'll deal with the Christian music. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how we feel every week. <laughs> so we'll get, jump into our first segment. How's your walk? Luke, how's your walk? Good. Uh, still been going to the gym, feeling good. But I actually had a question for you. Nick, are you married yet, or are you about to be married? I'm about to be married. Okay. And CJ, you're married too, right? Yeah, I've been I've okay. been married for a little bit. <laughs> um, okay. I gotta speak softly even though she'll listen to this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I was gonna say she listens every week. <laughs> do your significant others, whenever you make a dinner, do they expect the same portion size as you? Huh. Ooh, uh, that's a good question. No, Tracy doesn't for sure. Like okay. you know, she eats like a little bunny rabbit, so you know, she'll usually be like, Hey, I'm probably gonna only gonna eat half of this. Do you want what I have left? And I'll be like, Yeah, I'll probably eat it. Yeah. But see, that's usually what ends up happening. But whenever I present the plate, she's like, You got more than me. And I was like, Yeah, <laughs> I weigh a hundred pounds more than you. Like I'm bigger than you are. <laughs> yeah. If I was at my ideal weight, I would require more calories for this. <laughs> yeah, because I don't think Audrey's ever and I guess I usually cook too, so she doesn't even see my plate. I eat in the, I eat in a different room. <laughs> Okay, can we explore that a little bit? <laughs> no, we walking? eat together. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> How's my walk? Oh, it's it's great. It's going well. Yeah, nothing nothing new here really. Nick, do you want to talk a little bit about what we did this weekend? Oh, oh yes, we do need to talk about that. We saw in Alexandria probably the best show I think I've ever seen by far. For sure, for sure. In my entire life top five shows i've ever seen yeah I, w I was thinking about that today and i was like top five for sure maybe top three like it's it's up there for and I guess we're also both cheating because like we both worked there and so we were also able to get a lot more access than what i would have at a normal show of that caliber <laughs> true. Oh, is, true. This, is this the huckleberry anniversary or yeah yes. it was so the that's... five it was the five-year anniversary okay. and i, I follow uh, them on uh, instagram so i saw a little bit about that yeah and the um the band that played, good friends of ours, they, it's kind of a tradition. They come every birthday, uh, and it really every main of major event that we do every like quarter or so. 
they they always come and play and they did dark side of the moon by pink floyd it's the this year marks the 50th anniversary of that record and they did the whole thing from start to finish and when i say they did the whole thing they didn't just play the music parts like they also had like the sound effects and the kind of the dissonance and the ambience in between tracks and just the transitions were just i mean it was it was flawless it was really really they have just uh, transcendent Wizard of Oz playing projected on a screen somewhere. we thought about putting it on the tv <laughs> screens in the tap room because we had they had to play inside because it was the weather had kind of got bad I thought made it a better show yeah it did make it a better show because it was just really intimate and it just it just kind of tied everything together and made everybody more attentive to what was going on versus getting up and moving around but they opted to just cut out all the lights in the tap room and they had like these nice a nice light set up around the band and uh it, it like kind of like a light show type thing but not too disruptive or anything or distracting it, it was just really really good man it was so good it, it reminds me of and i'd be interested to see what both of you guys think about this it's happened to me it's happened to me multiple times but two times in my life where i was made aware of it um I went to Denver to see a friend of mine, and we went to go see The Roots, and there was this couple who was standing in front of us, and so we were almost to the stage. Like, I could feel Questlove, <laughs> and the woman is, like, looking at her partner and not even looking at, like, her back's to the stage, so the whole concert, she's just, like, staring at him, not even watching the show. Ugh. And so when we left, I was like, that's ridiculous. Like, I would break up with that person if we went to go see them and you're just staring at my face the entire time. And then Audrey tried to do it. Like, when we were listening to Dark Side of the Moon on Sunday, Audrey was sitting like we were at a circle table and she was right in front of me. But she, like, looked at me for a little while and then wondered why, like, I wasn't looking at her. And I was like, because there's not one thing I'm going to do or say that is more interesting than what's about to happen here. Yeah. And if you're looking at me... You're making just bad life decisions. <laughs> uh, y'all about to get married, right? Yeah. <laughs> also a bad life decision. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> if you look at her streak so far, she hasn't proven that she makes good long-term life decisions. <laughs> is she going to listen to this? <laughs> I'm not going to tell her where it is. <laughs> you don't know the name of it. <laughs> but yeah, that was, yeah, it was a great show. I Loved it. I thought it was better because it was inside. Yeah. And another thing is where I hate when you're at a concert, like when you've come to see a band and then people are just talking the whole time. I was like, all right, we're here to listen to the music. I don't want to have to hear your conversations about what are you going to do after this? Or I thought it was better on this album, but this band did it really well. Yeah. No, it, it, it that's what I told uh, the owner of the brewery uh, at the end of the night or when they finished playing, I said, honestly, man, the rain and the, the the stormy stuff that was coming through is probably the best thing that could have happened there right. in that situation for sure because it just made everything that much more you know confined but intimate and nobody moved and everyone was locked in there there was like a five minute standing ovation at the end i mean like you don't get that with bands outside unless it's some big yeah. touring band who everybody knows and they they're coming to see and there's a thousand people out in the yard watching them but yeah it, or it if, just... if it's uh if they're inside but it's sunny out and nice weather and people are kind of going in and out the fact yeah. that it was raining kind of made everybody hunker down and just be there in that moment together That's yeah awesome, it, it was it was incredible incredible experience
Okay, so now that we we haven't had a guest on Luke in quite a while, uh, I'm I think Jackie was the last guest we had on. Yeah, the that's probably the Halloween episode, right? Yeah, somewhere around there, because she. Well, we had all the girls on. Oh yeah, all this, yeah. All the married ladies. No, she's, she's <laughs> one of them's not married. All the modest ladies. Is, is that the Christian version all, of all single the, ladies? All the married ladies. All the virgin ladies. Um, uh, but uh, <laughs> anyway, we decided that when we had a guest on next and going forward with our guests, that we were gonna, you know, in a, in a sense, make the guests bring a Christian song <laughs> because it just it's kind of easy for you know the guests to say I'm. I don't really listen to Christian music or I'm not a Christian or whatever the, the case may be. And they could just bring a secular song and kind of weasel their way out of it. So we made Nick, well, I begged Nick to bring a Christian song. Well, can I, can I, I want to, I want to say why I, I changed my mind about that. I used to think that they should be able to pick whatever they wanted, but I didn't want the the guest to pick a secular song and then just not contribute at all to our set, our Christian song that we do. Right. You know, and also, I wanted to have guests on that had a connection to growing up in a, in a Christian household or growing up in the faith in some way so that we can kind of talk about deconstruction a little bit more, which is the whole point of the podcast. So that, that's the reason why we wanted to kind of hand up you a little bit on that. I'm glad you decided um, to do it for this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> glad I couldn't have got the easy slide one through. <laughs> so with that being said, Nick, it is your turn to, as our guest to pick a Christian song. So just tell us what you chose. You can give us the reasoning now, or you can wait till after we listen to it. We're excited to hear what you got for us. All right. Well, yeah, so I chose, it is oddly topical in unfortunately a negative way, <laughs> but in 2003, <laughs> there was a movie called The Fighting Temptations that came out with Cuba Gooding Jr. and Beyonce. What? <laughs> it is one of the worst and most beautifully horrible movies ever. I was trying to watch it, but I couldn't find it again. And so in that movie, there's a Christian rap song that is sang by inmates at the church when they're trying to kind of diversify their Christian music for this big competition they do in Georgia. And so the name of the song is called Down by the River, or excuse me, To the River, from The Fighting Temptations. It's got... <laughs> Special Sorry, guests, I didn't mean the entirety of, of the OJs. Oh my god! And then three rappers who I'm pretty sure had never done anything before, and definitely not since. <laughs> and so it is only I could only find it on YouTube. Well, so this is all that. this is all movie plot, right? This is not like inspired by real life in any way, or is this? I ho hope nobody's real life went like this. Yeah. But yeah, so well, when you movie... start talking about singing the prisoners in the church singing, I was like, well, is that wait? That sounds like it could be inspired from real life, or uh, I don't know. I just I, the lines were blurred between art and reality, so to speak. I mean, that's the first thing I said when I watched this movie. I was like, I have no clue what's real anymore. <laughs> but yeah, the movie like Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, just like the quick rundown. He plays this big time movie executive, but every single thing in his life is a lie. Like he lied about where he went to school. He lied about the degree he had. He lied about pretty much everything that got him the job he has is this big time New York music executive. He grew up in this small town in Georgia and his aunt dies. And in her will, she wanted him to come back to Georgia, take their little church choir and make them able to win, I guess the Baptist Georgia version of battle of the bands. 
And so wow. Beyonce, who just happens to be living in this town. <laughs> Naturally. Yeah. Wait, ask, is she playing herself? She's no, not no, playing no. herself. Uh, she okay. plays, I think her name is Lily. And so oh, she's, man. of course, a great singer. And so they start off with kind of doing like the traditional Christian songs. And then slowly, because Cuba Gooden Jr. is like the big New York music executive, he starts adding in that New York flair. And so that's when they start getting like inmates from the prison to come in and rap. That's when the guys at OJs who play a bar, a literal barber shop trio, they're barbers <laughs> who sing and use like their clippers to do the beats. Right. <laughs> I feel like we need to get into the song before we talk too much about it. Because <laughs> I want to know all, so much more about this movie. Um, so we are going to listen to the Beyonce barbershop. <laughs> You uh, didn't even have a, a fake title for it. Yeah. Uh, what, what was it called again? The, the Fighting Temptations. The song the Fighting is Temptations. Tudor River. That one. And we will meet you back here in just a few. <laughs> All right. We just listened to Tudor River from the movie Fighting Temptations. What did you guys think? <laughs> Nick bringing it in like a pro, man. Better than either of us ever do. <laughs> um, I thought it was... The lip syncing was really, really bad. <laughs> if, if, I had, if I had just heard it, I would have been like, hey, this is great. But like actually watching the video, I was like, yeah. oh, God. We'll have to put a link to the YouTube video. Uh, yeah, in and, the show and you know, it's it's just fortunate that that's actually how I you know link most of the. I think pretty much every song we've ever done uh, uh, okay. just linked as a YouTube video. But yeah, for sure, uh, definitely watch that video and listen to it because it it was fantastic. Luke, what do you got? I I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the the, uh, the know, I, I always like you the, were setting it up whole, for failure. Um, I, I always like the old spiritual songs and when there's clapping and people are singing together, like I, I always like that. There's something that just feels comforting about that, which is probably why it's such a popular thing and has endured so long. And uh, I, I didn't really, I wasn't really able to hang on to all the lyrics whenever the rap stuff came in. So I'm looking at the lyrics now, so we'll have to come back to that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> So this was just like, uh, like, hey, I'm going to pick a Christian song. And like, I mean, was that just kind of your, this is the one that you thought of? Yeah. So like when you told me, and which now I realize was part of the rules, because at first you just said I should do it. And now it's become general rule. But it was the first song, like I thought about back when I would listen to Christian music when I was younger. And that was like the only music we could play without it being like secret particularly because I love rap music. And so you can't, like my mom was not a fan of rap music. And so we could never play it out loud. And so the first time she, we sat down to watch this movie, I think she probably just like made us sit down and watch it. We were kind of excited because, you know, it has Beyonce in it and some like Mike Epps and popular people throughout right. kind of just like secular movies. And th that song on there, it was like, oh, cool, it's a rap song. And like, I can play it as loud as I want to and my mom's not going to get mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it... Was the first like Christian song that I remember listening to unforced because if my mom was like, oh, do you want to listen to something? It was like, I want to listen to rap music. But if I play any of the songs I really want to listen to, you'll hate me. And so <laughs> I can play this and you will be 
probably not like pleased, but you'll at least think I'm learning how to put down the Glocks and automatics. It's a gateway drug. Yeah. Yeah, And, you know, there's something to be said. We, you know, we, we talk about our deconstruction and we talk about how we were Christians and and really on fire for God for uh, most of our lives. And, and then, we, that changed. But then when you look at it from the opposite way, it, it changes your perspective because in my mind, when you have someone that's slinging dimes and, and, and Glocks and nines, slaying right? dimes, I, CJ. I, I don't know. <laughs> slaying dimes. Uh, well, you could sling them too. You could be abusive. It's fine. Um, but, but is it, you see, well, but <laughs> yeah, you're missing the point, Luke. Um, Cancel culture. Yeah, we're not worried about that here. Um, but but yeah, you you see the benefit there in finding like a higher power, right? Because if that's what helps someone to rehabilitate on a deeper level, like the, the, I guess the deepest level would be on a spiritual level, right? But but also just on that surface level and the the life decisions we talked about bad life decisions, Audrey, you're making terrible ones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we, we talked about life decisions, but, but really that's what it comes down to is, is they're, they're caught in this, this spiral of violence and, and drug offenses and, and whatever, whatever they're, you know, in, in jail for. And sometimes it's finding a higher purpose and whether it's God or just in general, some type of meditative spirituality, it doesn't have to be an organized religion, but it, there's benefit to that. I mean, I, I, I think that they're, you know, because I have a good friend that was a drug addict, or I guess is a drug addict would be the proper way to put that. But he's clean. He's been clean for several years now. And he has found that higher purpose going through AA and, and uh, NA and all of those things that, that point you towards something that uh, a purpose that's greater than yourself. And I just think that there is absolutely value in that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. i and I guess we kind of talked about it on the break for a second. The only thing, like, I, I dislike, it's not obviously just this song, but it's a lot of things where I hate when, especially in rap music, because rap music, I feel like it gets taken advantage of a lot, where you're like, oh, I'm going to be like the clean rapper, or I'm going to be the uh-huh. religious rapper. And the way you do it is by just like essentially using the same tropes as hip hop, but just highlighting how you don't do that. It's like, I'm never yeah. going to call you a bitch. Just so you get to rhyme, because bitch is an easy word to rhyme with. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about that too, and it's it it does. You know, there's no secret that rappers have big egos, and they're still able yeah, to important. boast, but but take it back a little bit. You know what I mean? There's yeah, uh, pa- packing nines, slaying dimes, chilling with pretty mamas from Havana and the Bahamas. Like they're still bragging. Yeah. <laughs> But they're just saying like, oh, but, you know, but God. Yeah. So <laughs> like, it, it's really interesting that by using the same language, it's not just, I mean, I guess it is to connect with people who are still in that lifestyle, but kind of still feels a bit braggadocious. Yeah. You know? And that's, yeah, that's where it always loses me, I guess, a bit where it's like, no, like if you're going to decide you want to be a Christian rapper, like commit fully to like 100% of the values, like don't half do it. And then like, oh, I used to sell crack, smoking weed, don't do and then, like, half of the lyrics are all, like, exactly the same as any rap song. But then at the end, you say, but then I found God and got my like, life right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be interested to hear uh, like Aesop Rock do a a, a deconstruction <laughs> song or a Christian song of some kind. I mean, he he has done some uh, definitely some deconstruction because I think Aesop Rock was, you know, he he was like this Jewish kid, so he was definitely True. he was definitely raised. I don't know how active they were uh, in Judaism growing up, but he definitely has had some. You know, you can you can hear it like even in. Um, Friar starter, right? The the song about Bob's donuts, yeah. and he's he's using the religious and the spiritual imagery and that iconography to talk about the experience he has eating this his favorite donut from Bob's donuts, you know. And it's like you can take those things and juxtapose them. And I think that rappers like to to kind of piggyback off your point, Nick. Like rappers, even you know secular rappers like Jay Z or or someone like that they'll still talk of God and they still talk about God, but they don't, they don't try to code it in this thing of like, like I'm, I'm holier than you because I believe in God. Like the secular rappers acknowledge their belief in God, whatever that looks like for them. But they, but they're, you know, less, they're less heavy handed. Like you're going to listen to a Jay-Z song song because he's going to, you know, brag he calls them zongs yeah he's zongs jay-z zongs (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad someone called that out (laughs) uh yeah to me from what i've noticed is that it it, it's never preachy well except for maybe here a little bit but uh in secular rap songs where they do talk about god it does seem like a very personal thing it doesn't seem like they're trying to convert you or tell you what you should do it's just like no this is this is my thing this is what yeah. This is how I deal with it, and, you know, and I appreciate that, that it's a personal thing, because who am I to say what your relationship is with the divine or the unknown or whatever? And that's what I think. And I don't, I guess, to kind of appreciate, I got you know, that song from Aesop Rock, this song, unfortunately, and even like guys like um, <laughs> NF, uh, who's kind of, I guess, a Christian rapper, where I guess the nice part about it was even like when I was a kid, it's cool that you can get introduced to this brand of music that is normally very adult and not accessible to a large percentage of the population, really, especially when you're a kid. And you can enjoy it in a way that, like, nobody's going to get mad at you. Parents aren't, you know, you don't have to hide it. You can appreciate hip-hop or even some rock music like P.O.D. It was like, oh, you know, there are people, parents who are like, oh, you can't listen to the Stones or the Beatles. That's crazy. But, like, you could still enjoy rock music and play it out loud in your house and sit in a room with your family and listen to POD and yeah. not feel like, Oh, I've got to hide that. I enjoy this or anything like that. And so I do appreciate that aspect of like making it accessible to kids who are like, Oh, I love hip hop or even people who are like, Oh, I love hip hop, but you know, I hate how many curse words there are in it or I hate the subject matter they deal with. Yeah. The subject matter is what I was going to say. Yeah. Cause yeah. I mean, rap music doesn't have to be about, you know, fucking bitches and packing nine drinking forties. Yeah. Well, um, now they all, it's all about the natty daddies. Natty daddy, yeah. <laughs> Do you have product placement? <laughs> Can they send you a case of natty daddy? <laughs> yeah, please sponsor us. <laughs> but uh, uh, something, oh, go ahead. Yeah, well, I was going to say, remember when we, we talked about Jackie being like the last guest, I think that was on or, or somewhere around there, and she brought the Lecrae song. And mm-hmm. it was, it started out really good where he's like, be a rebel, you know, do go mm-hmm. against the flow. And then all of a sudden in the, the second half of the song, he's talking about how he's a rebel. I'm a rebel. I'm a rebel. And it's like, yeah, you just went from like 
encouraging and edifying for young people to to do the things that go against the grain of like secular popular culture and then you're just bragging about everything that you're doing i'm 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 preaching the bread of life because these people are dying to eat and it's like yeah that's not that's i don't want to hear that like yeah, that's, you're, you're you're talking about a, like a worldwide religion you know i mean lecrae, I know lecrae is a is a christian rapper, okay I was, so that's why i assumed I that that's what he <laughs> yeah but yeah you're talking about rebelling against the ways of the world and conforming to some other ideology like that's not necessarily yeah. rebellious what i feel like and that's i feel like at least i guess in my experience a lot which i haven't been to church since i was like 11 but I felt like that was like one of the things as an adult I dislike the most about it is because there is, I guess like there's always been with some people who are religious, like this persecutorial mindset mm, of hard. like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going against the grain, like God's loser. And it was like, no, especially in Louisiana or anywhere in the South, it was like your default is your religious. You yeah. have to change from almost, I mean, almost everybody in Louisiana, everybody I grew up with, even whether or not you ever thought about if you believed in God or not, you would always just say, yeah, you do. Because it's like, I'm, I don't want the headache of saying I don't <laughs> and now trying to yeah. tell a bunch of people I'm going to hell or like, right. oh, well, this is ridiculous. It's like, I'd rather just say I do because honestly, I don't care. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> with a question mark at the end. But that's what even... Uh, so I'm getting married, which I guess kind of feeds into this too. So Audrey's pretty religious, and so she's Catholic, and so we have to go through like you have to meet with this priest and talk about wedding stuff, or he just asks you questions, which is annoying to me because like this person chose a career that guaranteed he'd never have to be married. So how can he now <laughs> yeah. tell me what I need to talk about to get married? But the annoying part of point. it kind of became to me where it's always about like, hey, you know, Catholic Church or Christianity, like we believe like you know we're not gonna demonize you for not believing what you want, but also, you need to agree to all these terms that are specific to this church so then we can feel good about this marriage. I was like, well, that kind of defeats purpose. Like the whole, I didn't, I don't ask someone to not go to church. So to me, the <laughs> yeah. reverse is like, well, then don't ask somebody to. We don't judge, but. Yeah. <laughs> but if you don't think like we think, then we're not really going to include you in this. Well, well that's and that's really what when, when, when you and Audrey were you know, when y'all got engaged, I was like, I, I remember asking you, you know, are y'all going to do a Catholic wedding? Cause I, cause I knew, you know, Audrey's background and you were like, yeah. And I said, Oh, I mean, are you doing confirmation and all of that? And you were like, Oh, I already did that when I was a kid. And I, I didn't realize that. Yeah, you luckily. Well, so through all of that. <laughs> I told my and luckily I had, and my mom had the information, <laughs> but immediately when I, that happened, I was like, oh, I had to be baptized. I was like, I'm going to text my mom. I don't remember if I was. And if I'm not... Because <laughs> you were wedding, a baby. And <laughs> this wedding's over because I'm not going to do it as an adult. This wedding. Because in that, I think also it ends up being a lot. And I guess another kind of thing that as I've gotten older, I've disliked about it is it is a lot of kind of showmanship. It's not... Because to me, if I was... Say if I wasn't baptized and then Audrey was like, hey, or the church was like, well, you have to go get baptized. Even if I did it, it's meaningless. Because I did it to achieve this goal. So it wasn't like, oh, I now yeah. believe in God. I'm just doing it because like, it's a check in a box. And so mm -hmm. if that's why you're doing it, then what's the point of doing it? If God exists, he knows you didn't do it because you care about yeah. it. Yeah, he, he, he knows the contents of your heart or whatever that verse says. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was uh, Nirvana. <laughs> that's actually the, the end of the verse or whatever that verse is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's like, hey, Luke. Nick should be to Audrey what Brittany is to you. 
he should just try to corrupt yeah. her. You know, uh, yeah, know. like that, his, his wife, his <laughs> wife will tell you that her life goal was to find a good Christian boy at college <laughs> and corrupt him. No, what, what she actually said when we recorded that episode that has not aired and probably will not air. Oh, uh, oh it's going to uh, air. She she saw me preaching at, at college uh, one Monday night and she was looking and she was like, I think I can corrupt him. Uh, and, and now we're married. 15, yeah, I was going to say, you know, that is actually 16 hot. years down the That's kind of hot. Yeah, that's I was like going to say, I would be dying. To that's, do the that. beginning, <laughs> that's the beginning of a point. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been looking at my search history? <laughs> yeah, that, oh man, yeah, that's, that'd be a top five fantasy for me. I mean, I'm, I'm flattered, if I'm honest. Yeah, I'm going to use your marriage as my porn. Oh. Well, if uh, I have some links to share with you later, <laughs> <laughs> they're very helpful. Is this when the ad for OnlyFans comes up? <laughs> uh, Brought to you by Holy Holy Fans. Holy Fans. <laughs> Holy Fans. <laughs> um, so to to go back to yeah. some of the things you were talking about earlier, Nick, about uh, having. A, a separate outlet for musical interests uh, aside from like the secular stuff. I remember a lot whenever I was in uh, church, especially in like high school, where people, especially, you know, older adults were always talking about, well, if you're going to tell kids not to listen to rap or not to listen to heavy metal, like you got to replace it with something. So if it's, if, as long as it's Christian heavy metal or Christian rap, you know, that's better than the secular stuff. And I kind of see what they're saying. Like if you, you know, it's just like if you have an addiction and you want to get rid of that addiction, you can't just stop it. You have to kind of fill that that part of your life with something else so that that so a new addiction, a healthier addiction can stick. Mm. So in a sense, I do agree with what they they were saying, but I don't I, I don't know. It doesn't sit right with me because I I don't believe in the things that they that they believed in at that time, you know. So well, I don't really know where I'm going with this. It's just interesting that yeah, I mean, it, it is a healthy outlet for a young Christian, but I think, I guess I think that there should be, that's not the end of the line. There should yeah. be further exploration uh, and, and into the reasons why, you know, you want something to replace the thing that you're trying to avoid. I, I don't know. And I feel like too, kind of, I think the biggest problem is too, like, it makes it seem like that's innately bad. It's like, yeah, like you can like Christian heavy metal and you prefer the lyrics to that. I mean, look. The instruments aren't going to be as good as just secular music because there's just more. <laughs> there's more. But it's like you can like Christian heavy metal and still know that Sabbath is objectively better than every single one of them. <laughs> and you can just, it was like, oh, well, I don't, you know, the satanic undertones of some of the lyrics that Sabbath has maybe make you uncomfortable. And so you prefer to listen to that. But it's just like the idea that, like, oh, this is bad. Don't ever listen to it. Don't appreciate it. And it's like, well, a lot of the secular heavy metal particularly like heavy metal christian music doesn't exist without the secular heavy metal and True. and i think i think for a lot of kids and i say kids like you know middle school high school when we were growing up i know for me even as a person that's really really deeply uh rooted in lyrical content now but when i was a kid i was just looking for something that was like fun and well well produced and it was catchy 
and it mm-hmm. caught my ear right like i wasn't really worried about the lyrics like you could you could yeah. be like oh if you play led zeppelin backwards and i was like bitch i don't have a turntable <laughs> like i'm not listening to it backwards you know like it, i'm listening to it because it's good and it's tight and 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 i love the way that it flows I, I don't care about the lyrical content. And so like you were saying, Luke, with like kind of that gateway kind of, you know, staving off some type of addiction or, or some type of proclivity to an, an affinity to listen to secular music, whether it's rap or, or heavy metal or whatever. The, the point is like, like Nick said, it's the secular version is just going to be better. Uh, I mean, now, what do we mean by better? Well, if you're a hardcore Christian listening to this, then you would disagree with that adjective. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the you know it just is it like you said it's object like well, Black Sabbath is objectively better than Striper. Striper. You know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so. By the way, but, Nick, you need to go back and listen to the episode titled "Striper Kicks Ass for the Lord." Uh, <laughs> is that a song? No, 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 that was well. Just, Striper uh, is like this you... metal band, and they're they're good, but like they're the lyrical you know, content is not. It's just the music is bad. bad. The, the bad. content is not. Um, yeah. But no, that was a YouTube comment on the song "To Hell with the Devil." I think was that the one that I picked. No, you didn't no, do "To Hell with the Devil." I, I can't remember which one you did. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think to 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 argue for the the idea that the secular you did the is way is yeah the way sorry. Um, the that uh, secular versions of or secular songs typically talk more about real life issues, whether it be personal, political, social. Whereas the you know Christian songs talk about typically most of them talk about one thing: God is great, God is good. You know, let us so, take him for the hood. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the new Christian rapper. Yeah, <laughs> do you want to announce the mixtape? <laughs> So yeah, that's why that's why I argue that it is better. It's because it's it's more real, it's more real world. It, it, it speaks to real world experiences and not something ethereal, something that you can't really obtain. Yeah. Uh, it's it's realism versus idealism, like that. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we've talked about that before. Much where it's better, like, much more concise than that. Yeah, the, you're you're looking at it from this idyllic, you know, standpoint of. Everything is great because I believe in God and the Lord will work in his mysterious ways. And it's like, that's not good enough for most yeah. of the yeah. population. <laughs> like like or, I'm, or I'm terrible, but God is good. Yeah. You know, those yeah. Are like the two yeah. Self deprecating. You know, well, yeah. they have, yeah. um, in Fighting Temptations, man, everything comes back to it. But uh, there's a song on the in the movie that's called like, or I can't remember the song, but it's I think it's just because the name of the song is Because I'm Not Good Enough. And the lyrics are like, because I ain't good enough, he still loves me. And like, that's the entire, it just talks about like, oh, I'm such a piece of garbage and mm-hmm. God still loves me. And it's like, you know, I don't want to listen to that. I, I don't yeah. want to feel like, already... like I'm a piece of garbage. And yeah. then this, you know, intangible being loves me. Yeah. But that's what I feel like, as you guys were saying that too, it was the change between kind of going from like beginning hip hop, you know, these are the Brit, to and then like NWA or Tupac, where the whole reason they went from that was it was supposed to be like, hey, you know, this guy's living in the Bronx in 1975 and he's making, you know, disco music. That's not what all of us are seeing out here. 
I'm going to write a song about what you actual, like what we live with day right. to day. Yeah. That's where it came from. Because like uh, the, you know, that origin of, of rap music was, was kind of founded and you can, you might know more about this than I do, but like it was, it was like house music, yeah. right? Beats. Yeah. Right. And so people would go to these house parties and there would be these beats, these DJs that were controlling the different beats from like the disco era and then one day someone just got up there with a microphone and started, you know, rapping over it. MCing, CJ. MCing. <laughs> and, and it threw people for a loop because the, the mentality was like, we're coming here to dance and to have a good time and to get away from all of that yeah. singing stuff. And so then it kind of morphed into, well, let me sing about, you know, everyday life and and what that looks like for us here in our neighborhood or or in our city it, so it became very much kind of steeped in that socio-political climate of uh, this is this is real life and that's what i say too because i feel the same way about will smith as i do about like christian rap music as like they <laughs> chose topics that were so accessible and i guess those are both again like rappers that my mom would let me listen to in the <laughs> yeah. car. And I just remember like listening to it. And as I got older and older and then obviously I had more freedom so I could listen to what I wanted to all the time. I remember putting on a Will Smith record. I was like, you know, this kind of sucks. It's not, <laughs> it's not like bad. Will Smith is great, but a lot of it is just like, yeah, it's kind of boring. It's very surface level. Like exactly what the lyric is, is exactly what it means. You don't ever have to think one moment about, any for like any deep dive into the song right it just is exactly is what it says yeah i don't know uh wild wild west you really need some context for uh, the story of the movie um, yeah, much like this song it's in context of the well movie. let me let me tell you something luke you don't know this and and the listener probably doesn't know this but like nick can if 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 we're doing karaoke and I tell the karaoke whoever is hosting karaoke we could be at like a bar and not at the brewery where we we host karaoke uh sometimes but like I can tell the 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 mat the master of ceremonies to put it on getting jiggy with it and Nick will jump up there and sing the entire song without looking at the monitor like he really? knows every word to getting jiggy with it and it is awesome. It's so I, much better than Will I Smith's to, version. I used to be able to do that with Wild Wild West. Is why really? Yeah, I used to know all the words for it, and I could do it without. Luke, stuff. how sad are you? This was when I was what? Uh, Will Smith. He slapped me on stage one time. Um, he just slapped me in the face <laughs> for doing yeah. Wild Wild West better than he did. Keep he Wild like, get, Wild West get my, out get your my motherfucking out mouth. Your damn mouth. Um, but no, this was when I was like 13. Uh, and it was on the but you can still do it, can't you? If the song were to play, I probably could. I don't, I don't know if I could just do it right now, but if the song were to play, I probably could sing along, rap along with it. Cue it up. Yeah. Jackie, where are you at? <laughs> Cue it up. Because <laughs> that's what, like, I can do getting jiggy with it, but I need to see the first, like, bar of the song, and then I can do the entire song. But if it just played, like, if it played right now and I didn't have, like, that first bar in front of me, I wouldn't know where. Because it's not, it's just muscle memory. Like, it, my brain yeah, doesn't same. think about it at all. Same. <laughs> yeah, it's like whenever I, I can do, like, California Love, 
like all the lyrics okay. to that. Also, don't you come in with a much cooler song? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but I can never remember whose verse is first, and then I'm like, wait, uh, oh, it's Dre's verse is first. Okay, fine. Yeah, and then yeah. you can get the whole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's, yeah, it, yeah. Coming in with like we're talking about Will Smith, you're like, you know, I actually do one of the coolest rap songs ever created. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all got anything else to say about this uh, song or the content or the you know um, whatever? Yeah, I, I, should, I guess we should say Cuba Gooding Jr. is a terrible person, and don't watch this Wait, movie because it might support Cuba Gooding Jr. or his character. Cuba Gooding Jr. in real life is a terrible oh, person. Oh, you haven't heard about all of His that, Luke. His character in the movie no, is a terrible person, too. So don't watch this movie because it will, some weird way, put money in his pocket. He'll get a few cents. But then that the might put mo- money in his victim's pocket, too. I guess that's I true. Don't, I don't know what the settlement is going to be like. You know what, CJ? What, what I said started making sense, and she was like, oh, well, maybe <laughs> if he files for bankrupt, see, wow. yeah, and his I victims no can't idea. get any money. <laughs> They'll just get it off the royalties, and then everybody will be like, watch Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> such a and, fucked up. And also Beyonce's in the movie too, so it's like support her. She's great. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We're we're all part of the beehive here. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's when you guys go by. <laughs> Just we're part of the beehive. Mm. I was thinking about picking a Beyonce song to trash on. Actually, that's <laughs> that's how we that's how we yeah. we get a lot more plays. Is yeah. we, just <laughs> harp already, we just harp on the We just harp on Beyonce because. Beyonce fans are on like Taylor Swift fan level, you know, like it's it's a cult kind of thing. You don't say anything bad about Beyonce. Love Midnight. <laughs> I've uh, I've taken down uh, Carrie Underwood. Beyonce, you're next. <laughs> oh, so you're making a huge jump up. <laughs> you got Carrie Underwood done. Beyonce, I'm coming to the I'm coming for the queen. yeah. I warmed up with Carrie Underwood. <laughs> a year ago. I think that's like playing like a pickup game at the Y and then trying to play Steph Curry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not spicy enough, Steph. <laughs> I should I should mention here, Luke doesn't know anything about sports. So. I know who Steph Curry is. <laughs> who does he play for? Oh, I wasn't ready for this game. You really uh, don't know anything uh, about sports. <laughs> I thought that was an uh, exaggeration. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to picture his jersey. I want to say that there's like blue in it. Uh huh. It's Curry on the back. Um, uh, <laughs> Thirty-one. Is that his number? Uh, Thirty. How 30. many guesses do I get? Uh, I'll give you three guesses. And if you get them all wrong, uh, guess the state he the, plays in. <laughs> Pacers. Nope. Oh, that's pretty. That's pretty good guess. Color, color, color coordination. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Pistons. No, that's another blue team though. Get so out of the Midwest. Good. Get out the Midwest. Um, <laughs> that's gonna be the episode oh, title. Get out the <laughs> Midwest. Oh <laughs> uh, fuck! I don't know. Um, man, I'll, I'll give you a hint. I'll, I'll give you a hint. The, it's not a city name. Them. It's not a city name. Can we just do this for the rest of the episode? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who did Michael yeah, Jordan play for? Uh. <laughs> Uh, I know it. I, no, I don't have a guess. Uh, the jazz. <laughs> I don't have a guess, but jazz. Jazz the genre. <laughs> Smooth jazz. <laughs> Sensual jazz. Uh, it's the Golden State Warriors. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> I like right, well, to do myself. a disappointed look, and he couldn't have cared less. 
Oh man. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think we're done with this song. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> All right, we're um, gonna take a quick break. When we come back, Luke has a special game designed just for our special guest Nick. Oh, no. So we'll be right back. Welcome back, neighbors. I have a little mini quiz for our guest, Nick. So, Nick, I believe that the first time I met you was at C, you know, the week of CJ's wedding and got to know you a little bit. Ended up following you on Instagram and found out the, over the last few years that you like to cook. I do. And oh, so yeah. I have a quiz for you. I don't know what this All is right. going to be either, by the way. Oh, so. shit. Question one. Name three minor prophets from the Old Testament. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. That's I'm kidding. <laughs> did, did they cook? <laughs> All right. Okay. For real. Real question one. Okay. Uh, what is this? Uh, the bread, bread, breaking the bread of life quiz. Uh, <laughs> more about that. Um, okay. Question one. This is a true or false question. Okay. Deep frying is a dry heat cooking method. False. That is actually true. Dry heat? Oh, really? Yeah, because it is. It is not. It is not a water-based cooking. Method. Oh yeah, I guess yeah. Because no, all right. So, uh, yeah, uh, a water-based cooking method would be boiling, poaching, blanching. braising, stewing, blanching. Yes, steaming. Okay. Oh. Uh, but because oil or fat does not contain water, it is actually a dry heat, heat method of method. cooking. Oh. That makes sense. All right. So that's where we're starting. All right. Okay. So something potentially a little bit easier. Can you tell me the difference between a spice and an herb? Shit. Oh, man. Man, man. You started this out with saying I like cooking, and now I'm about to just <laughs> ruin my <laughs> reputation. <laughs> um, you, know, you, know how to use, I'll, you know how to use them for sure. I just, I, I'm just curious. I would say – that's a good – man, that's a good question. I feel like – I think I can get this right. I'm yeah, going to say, about, just think about it. Yeah. I have a guess if he doesn't, you know, get it right. Okay. Okay. Maybe CJ have a little bit of faith in me and maybe. No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was praise and worship. Where's the faith at? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to say a, uh, a spice comes for a uh, spice contains a fruit and an herb is grown from the ground and does not have a fruit. Well, Okay, no, let's see. Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah. I was, I'm out of because they both come from the ground. Um, I was, I was gonna say so, a spice is oh, yeah. a spice is dried, and an herb is not. Also incorrect. Okay, well, fuck you, Luke. Okay, Luke. As you're looking at what it really means, don't. <laughs> hey, don't... I. This all these questions are from the dome. I did not look up these questions. I mean, he, uh, he went. He went to culinary right. school. Oh, just, oh, what, yeah, oh, yeah. What are we talking about? So the. The difference between a spice and an herb is an herb comes from the leaving, the leaf part of the plant, oh. and a spice comes from other parts of the plant. Okay. So, like, cinnamon is technically tree bark, uh, and coriander is the seed of the cilantro plant. Like, cilantro is the leaves, coriander is the seeds. Okay. Or, you know, uh, fennel seed versus the fennel bulb and, and, and leaves or fronds of the fennel. So that's the difference. You know, leaves versus any other part of the plant. 
Typically, spices are dried, yes, but they don't have to be. Um, oh, I see, okay. I see, I see. So this is just masturbatory on your part. You're just uh, yeah. I was yes, gonna say, Luke, why so. didn't you open this with? I know Nick, you like cooking. I went to culinary school. <laughs> uh, I'm just just seeing what your level is at. Um, okay, can you tell me the difference between bread flour, pastry flour, and all-purpose flour? Oh, you fucking cocksucker, man. I was I would say if I had to guess, and I have no idea because I, I like to cook, I can't bake very well at all. I would guess gluten content. Uh very close. I'll give that to you. Um uh, protein content. Protein. Oh, oh, sorry. Okay. oh, it was just saying uh, yeah. He got it wrong. The <laughs> it's, it's, it's protein content, which pro the uh, gluten is two different proteins, uh glutenin and gliadin that work together and, and create the structure that you need for the strength of bread. To, to capture the gas from the yeast and okay. so yes you were yeah half right. basically you're right uh so you're okay. wrong <laughs> no I'll, I'll give it to him because that really so is what the, were the three things you said bread pastry bread flour, and all-purpose flour and all-purpose flour okay okay so bread flour has more protein which will create more gluten to capture the gas from the yeast um all-purpose flour is just kind of general purpose. It's all-purpose, like it says. And pastry flour has a lower pro con- protein content so that it can be more tender and uh, like like biscuits. You don't want okay, like, a yeah. tough, chewy biscuit. So that's um, why they work okay. better with like – so I assume pastry flour, like that's why it works better with laminating things because you can uh, – No, typically actually you, you want the strength of the bread flour because oh. it gets rolled out and stretched so thin okay. with the layers of butter. So – oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> you son of yeah, a Luke. I, you looked at my Instagram oh. and saw I was interested in cooking. Not that I work at Eleven Math, Eleven Madison Park. <laughs> okay, so I mean, okay, I only I, okay. So uh, to give you some credit, the reason why I thought you could answer these questions is because the stuff that you make looks really good. And it is really good. Well, I've had his cooking. You present it well. It looks amazing. And you, you like, I, I would, it would be a joy to cook with you. He just uh, assumed. I, would love to cook you. I don't know the science aspect <laughs> he just, of like outside uh, yeah. of like salt, fat, acid, heat kind of stuff. He thought you were, he <laughs> thought you were seen. Alton Brown basically is what he thought. Yeah. And... <laughs> by by the, the videos and pictures that I saw. Yes. I'm sorry. You, your, your content looked great online. What? Uh, I, <laughs> So I'm sorry that your that your online content looks so good. I guess. Uh, okay, two more questions. By the way, you're playing for all of the guests that we have in the future. It's going to be the guest points versus me versus CJ. So okay, uh, Luke's going to win. Well, let's go guess. Is it always going to be food? No. Okay. No, it's going to be specific to the guest. Okay. Uh, okay. Can you tell me the only food that will never go bad? The only oh, food I know this. that will never go bad. Well, I think I know this. Uh, Twinkie. Uh, syrup? Honey. Close. Honey. Correct. Yeah, yeah, honey. yeah. yeah honey. I knew it was something that's super saturated. Like, it just crystallizes. Yes. It doesn't go bad. Yes. Because uh, because of the sugar content, uh, sugar is hygroscopic, means it takes up water. It doesn't leave any water for any bacteria to grow. So uh, that is why. It, it'll crystallize, but you can just warm it up, and those crystals will melt, and you'll have Back perfect again. honey oh. after that. All right, so there's no way you're going to get this last question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Y'all, y'all can work together if you want. Uh, I'm not he is, for all of you. You can answers. only see him from the collarbone up. the table over from just how hard you've gotten through these questions? <laughs> he, is, he is fully torqued right now. Um, okay, so this was my master level question, and I'm sorry. I thought 
What, what did you think, Luke? Did you, did, when have you seen me like at uh, CIA accepting awards? Uh, no, I'm feeling bad about this, but we're gonna. I'm gonna commit. We're gonna go through it. Okay. I mean, I'll try it. Auguste Escoffier is considered to be the father of modern cuisine in the Western culture. He developed the five mother sauces. Name three of the five mother sauces. Oh, I, uh, bechamel. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oh. Oh. Uh, oh, actually, shoot. You don't have to get the technical terms right. If you're if you're close enough, I'll give it to you. So bechamel. You got bechamel. Just think of other. Uh, Demi gloss. Uh, not quite. Demi gloss is an ingredient in one of the mother sauces, but not a mother sauce in itself. Oh man! I just want the listener and to this... know how much Luke is enjoying this right now. And this is. I'm actually. I mean, I'm, I'm half enjoying it because I. <laughs> Oh, so you're I not like fully torched. You're just about, half. Well, no, you have been doing it because he's on camera, so he can't just jerk one off. <laughs> okay, special. One of my hands right now. Um, so. uh, and I know there's going. Yeah, it's going. It's going to Think, anger me. Yeah, it will. I mean, okay. y'all can work together, yeah, and I'll give holidays. it to Yes, that's another one. That's two. You only need one more. Bolognese. Bolognese. I'll give it to you. It's a tomato sauce. Bolognese tomato sauce. Okay. typically has meat, but a tomato, like the basic mother t- tomato sauce, doesn't necessarily need meat. Meat. Okay. So bechamel, hollandaise, and tomato sauce. So what? yeah, you got that one right. What are the other the two? The other two. The other two are espanol or uh, brown sauce, which is a um, a brown stock with mixed with uh, demi glace and reduced. So yeah, it's like a it's a really rich brown sauce and the last one is velute which is as just as a as a bechamel is thickened with flour a velute can be thickened with flour or egg but it is with broth instead of dairy oh hmm. i don't think i've ever had that before that sounds good so yeah so that wasn't bad <laughs> look job. we did it we we did i was something. panicking but i, I mean i had he- obviously heard of escoffier so i was a little happier when you <laughs> said that. i was like okay well i've read uh, i've read the le technique <laughs> you'll have to to pay me back y'all have to figure out another difficult quiz for me to answer oh we'll just, oh, uh, just uh, ask you about ask sports. Me more sports questions yeah yeah yeah, for <laughs> yeah, sure. I, yeah i guess that's, that's... It. this is it, okay yeah this is payback i forgot we did watch you flounder with steph curry <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it ba- the universe finds a way to balance itself out yeah i had steph curry last time i went to an inch, uh, indian, indian restaurant <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there is some at there is some money to be made behind that. Actually, hey Steph, holler at us, man. We'll uh we'll go in fifty fifty with you. I'm surprised he hasn't done that already. Actually, <laughs> Steph's yeah. Curry, Steph's Curry. Yeah. <laughs> just it's just someone like getting three pointers shot yeah. in their face and then crying. Like, <laughs> Luke doesn't get that. Okay. I know what a three-pointer is, CJ. <laughs> you know what a three-pointer is. So, Luke, there's a sport. It's called basketball. But James Naismith. Other oh, balls involved. You don't know how great that, that you said that is right there because at one point, he said alley-oop earlier, actually. There's an episode like super early on. It's like what, like episode eight or something. Thirteen, I thought. Yeah, it's something like that. It's really early, something. and and I said something. We set each other up on a punchline, and I said alley oop, and then there was a pause, and I said that's a sports term, Luke, where <laughs> someone throw. And he was like, I know what an alley oop is, and then we got like off on this tangent of 
like if we could come up with an alley-oop uh, scenario, yeah. like a game called alley-oop that, you know. Whatever. And I was going to say, Luke, you used alley-oop so seamlessly earlier, I would not have guessed you didn't know anything about sports. Because you like brought it's it up perfectly. It's one of the few terms. Offsides, is that the thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, not in basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the next song. <laughs> I was going to say, um, is this a cooking show? or do we... <laughs> No, I just figured we would uh, take the um, make the make the quizzes specific to the person. I pre- I appreciate your confidence in me, Luke. But, I expected better, but it yeah, was very. Right. Well, you're not the first person I've disappointed. I'm about to marry. <laughs> it's going to be really hard to pick a title for this episode. I just want everyone to know that. What was when you said earlier? I thought that was well. <laughs> There's been a few, and I always forget. Yeah. To yeah. Luke and CJ brought a song for me, and so let's see what it is, because I'm excited. <laughs> well, okay, so knowing your the the music that you love, there was a song that I wanted to bring, and initially, you know, Luke and I were kind of like, ah, we'll talk about it, and then the next thing we know, it's like the day before or the day of recording, and we're like, oh yeah, we were supposed to decide what song to bring. So anyway, <laughs> we... <laughs> We decided that a great song to bring for you would be a song by the Rolling Stones. I mean, always. And the song is <laughs> Brown Sugar. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, this is one that's not fun to look at the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. So we're going to listen to Brown Sugar by the Rolling Stones. We hope y'all do the same. As always, all the links to the songs are in the show notes. You can pause the podcast, listen to the song. Meet us back here in just a few. Welcome back, neighbors. You just listened to Brown Sugar by the Rolling Stones. Nick, what's going through your beautiful head right now? <laughs> oh, man. I, I, so, I guess, so I love that song. Well, all right. I love the Rolling Stones a lot. That song is really fun to listen to, and I really enjoy listening to it. Uh, I remember the first time, it, must have, it was years ago, the first time I like, realized what the lyrics were actually about. <laughs> yeah, that was just now for me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very disappointing, because like, if you just listen to it, because obviously like with a lot of Stone songs, a lot of times, sometimes the lyrics get distorted because music's loud, uh, Mick Jagger. Mm-hmm doesn't have the most clear singing voice as it is. And so some of the parts that are very quickly you read through, like, and it annoys me with the song because it's very close to, especially I think it was 1969. Yeah, they I, they recorded it in uh, 69, yeah. And so it's like, it was, and I think it still is in a lot of ways probably like the most progressive, like risky song that had come out during that time, especially like for Mick Jagger, who, I mean, he's got, who married black woman for a long time. He's got biracial kids. Also, I'm biracial, just in case. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let, let, me, let me put that in there. <laughs> and so, but like, so it was very close to being a song that could have been like, oh, this white, super famous rock star singing about 
you know, having sex with black women and enjoying it. And that would have been a really cool concept if he just kept it as himself as a rock star currently. The fact that then you add in essentially you're an English slave owner having sex with children is a weird vibe. I also, with a lot of things, like especially older movies, I feel... I try to remember, like, oh, well, what would this be like if I was a white dude in 1969 listening to it, which is who they were writing for, really. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, like, I wouldn't have found this, like, you know, I wouldn't have found it to be as kind of un- almost almost approaching, like, unlistenable mm-hmm. as it is now, despite, like, how great, obviously, Keith and Charlie Watson and Ronnie Wood or everybody's on it is, but, or no, I guess it wasn't Ronnie Wood. Yeah, I don't think he was a full band member yet. But so yeah, I I love Sticky Fingers the album. Um, Wild Horses played like continuing the album right after this song left, and it it's I mean it's a great album. But yeah, this song is yeah it's one of those like uh, I get kind of you know they were going for that risque as like the Stones tend to do a lot, especially earlier uh, you know risque subject matter. Uh, but again, I feel like a lot of times they lose themselves in like and forget they're not actually like American black Southern blues musicians. <laughs> Yeah, and and that's that's the thing, man. It it has that bluesy. It's it's very it it has all of the makings of an American Southern kind of Mississippi Delta song, right? I mean, credence, credence, like yeah, okay, credence is from fucking Chico, California, or some shit. Okay, <laughs> okay but the sound. Oh, yeah, Luke, you hit a sound. you hit a chord that. <laughs> Well, they're from they're from Chicago so or something. They're they're not from the south, but yeah, no, no, but yeah, like like point taken, Luke. Like it, it's got this bluesy down home. Uh, it's almost a honky tonk yeah. kind of sound to it. It's it's got almost a an old black spiritual sound to it as well. But it, it just like in and see the thing like you said like with having having sex with like children i i don't really get that with the song i know he says like a young girl should but that could mean that could mean anything i mean I, maybe i'm giving him too much credit it, different times like that doesn't excuse like but like you said that he's he's pushing the boundaries which i can appreciate you know it's real rich for me to say as a straight white male you know but uh, but still, like, there are parts of me that are like, okay, <laughs> you know, like, I see yeah. the problem with it, <laughs> but I also am like, it's catchy. It, like, you just want to tap your feet, and then you, when you hear a certain lyric, you're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Wait, I'm supposed to like hey, this, but so I'm yeah. very confused, <laughs> you know? What about you, Luke? What are you What are you thinking? Um, you know, there are so many things that have been canceled over the last like five years or so. I'm <laughs> yeah. surprised that this song hasn't been talked about publicly. It uh, has a little bit, actually. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, the little bit of the little bit of background that I looked on with this song when they were going to do a tour was it 2021 when they were coming back for uh, another yeah, tour. Yeah. They um, actually went to see that New Orleans. Great show. Yeah, they they said that also, they also. Were- I will pause it just for a second yeah. because it was a their most problematic song of all time ever is on their album Aftermath, and it's a song called Under My Thumb, where the entire song is about how he took this woman who was like very independent and very strong, and made like got her to be under his thumb to where she'd wear whatever he wanted to do, <laughs> do whatever he wanted to do, and that and so for the Stones tour for uh, the No Filter tour, you could pick a song like the state 
that they were playing in got to vote on a song they would do. And Louisiana, the entire state voted for Under My Bone. <laughs> wow. Well, and so I, I read that for that tour in 2021, they took brown sugar off of the set list. Like, they took it off, which, you know, look, that's that's their prerogative. If they did it and they said, like, we're not going to play this, that's fine. Like, you know, we, t- we talk about, we've talked about counterculture or counterculture, cancel culture a little <laughs> bit on the podcast. And it, it's like, don't do it because someone is telling you to do it, do it because like, it's your, that's the conviction that you have, right. Mm-hmm. To, to say like, this is, we, we don't align with this anymore. We realize that it can be problematic. And, and I think that that takes a big person bigger than just to say like, we don't want to lose any ticket sales or publicity. Like I don't, and, and I don't think that's why they were doing it because they they just like, it, it well, was I mean, never a situation. I'm sure there were people that were like commenting on their videos or well, you know. But they would lose ticket sales either way if if they announced, "Hey, we're not doing this because it's insensitive." Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they would, they would, they would lose customers either <laughs> we're, way. We're sponsored by Bud Light, do. you know. <laughs> I mean, like, which sucks. I wish they would have announced that we're not going to do it because of that. Because I know the New Orleans show would have been cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I mean because because it does it it has a sense of history to it. It's not just a mindless kind of like. Well, I met a slave girl and she was looking real nice. I don't know why I'm like a Johnny Cash impersonator <laughs> right now. But but like, you know, it, it, it actually has history there. Like he's talking about, you know, it's different places and coming from, uh, you know, the Gold Coast and, and, and those types of things. Like those are, that's real history. And it's like he's putting himself in that situation and uh, problematic, yeah, maybe. Uh, I'm, I'm sure some people don't. But here's the thing, man. Like there are there are so many. We and we've we've had this discussion, Nick, before about certain artists who use. I mean, uh, let's just say it. Uh, essentially, rip off uh, black artists. You know, black uh, songwriters like Led Zeppelin. Uh, you know, Rolling Stones do it some a little yeah. bit uh, with the blues and everything. And it's like how, you know, obviously as a white person, I can only feel a certain way. But when I read like black artists, like I, I, I read a, uh, a thing on this song today that said that Tina Turner said that this rest in peace, by the way, Tina um, said that this was one of her favorite songs ever, not just by the Rolling Stones, yeah. like ever. You know, and and so it's like because I'm pretty sure she used to do it with them yeah, sometimes yeah, live yeah. before. Yeah, she did, and so it, it's it's like where do you where do you draw the line on that kind of can- cancel culture? You know, this makes me uncomfortable, but but does it make you uncomfortable because it's it's truly problematic at the root? Because I don't think Mick Jagger is a racist, right? Yeah, no. But or or does it make you uncomfortable because it challenges mm-hmm. things that that maybe you don't want to talk about anymore, or you want to forget that part of history? And it's like, no, that's you know, like again with the young girl thing and maybe being a being underage, that's obviously problematic, and we don't support that in any way. But you know, like it's it's historical, and that's just the way things yeah. work. The white slave owners. Had black mistresses, you know, and they didn't talk about it. But yeah, well, yeah, and I think uh, for me, it's like especially when I listen to this song too, and so a lot of the other Rolling Stones, like uh, 
Yeah, we just talked about Under My Thumb. Um, they've got, uh, he's got another song called Yesterday's Paper, where he talks about like, oh, this girl's as important to me as Yesterday's Paper. And so they've definitely got like a lot of songs that are one, you know, like now you listen to them and it's like, ooh, this is a bit ridiculous. But also it's like during the time, this is 1969, uh, Yesterday's Paper was 1964, five or something like that. And it was like, yeah, you know what? The world was an unbelievably different place. And so for mm-hmm. some of this, some of these songs and for a lot of like older songs, I kind of feel the same way. Like when you hear like a ton of rock songs and uh, white people use like, I heard a colored person station. And I was like, well, yeah, back then that was the way you said black person or African-American nicely. That wasn't like they were trying to be progressive for 1965. And so I feel like a lot of these songs and movies of back in the day as well, where it's like, you kind of have to remember the year they came out and yeah. understand like everything else that was going. It was like to be progressive in 1965 was very different and a lot easier and a lot less groups being considered than to be like progressive now means like you consider to, at least to me, it means like, Oh, I'm considering all human beings in every walk of life. Where back then it was like, I'm considering two or three variations of people. Yeah. And so they didn't care in the same way it was like when we were growing up. It's like, oh, yeah, there were certain things that I would do or say that just no one ever told me I needed to consider who I might be impacting with. And then I feel like when you learn that, oh, you know what? This isn't nice. Or, hey, there's people who this is disrespectful to or this is triggering for. If you hear that and you change... Great, but if you hear it and just like, oh well, I'm not dealing with that, then that's the problem. Yeah, yeah, ignoring ignoring the 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 pulse of the culture. Yeah. So this this song was right around or right after like the beginning of the civil rights movement. Am I correct in yeah. that? It'd be like a little bit after, yeah. So is this in a in a way trying to glorify? black people a little bit or is it more derogatory i'm not For, really i mean sure so the stones that. it's definitely they're trying to like like praise black people like a lot of their music and even in the terms of like you know i guess like the blue-eyed soul stuff that i mean bowie did beatles did they've all been and i would say the stones not to trash the beatles but the stones were mm-hmm. i would say more so than any other band who was doing this kind of music were very like appreciative of those artists where like mm-hmm. they would like they would do kind of like Americana blues, African-American blues music, but then they would invite like all these old African-American blues players to play with them. Like there's a really cool uh, live concert. I can't remember. It's like Rolling Stones, Big Top Circus or something like that, where it's like the Beatles are there, Taj Mahal's there. And it kind of, it kind of reminded me of, and obviously I didn't know the Allman Brothers, but I went to see Taj Mahal, the old uh, blues musician played, a jazz fest this past May, and someone was yelling like, "Hey, do Statesboro blues? Do Statesboro blues?" And he went into the mic and was like, "The only reason you know that song is because I taught it to Dwayne Allman, who then did it, and then oh, it became man. famous. Yeah, and then he never played it. And I was like, yeah, he probably because like the Allman Brothers in that live rendition they did of it, like they shout out like Taj Mahal taught us this, but it's like they never brought him up on stage to do it with them, to my odds at least, maybe they did." And so I feel like the Stones were much better about like, hey, this is an influence of ours. We'll play at his shows. And then when we do the songs that are either influenced by him or we're directly mimicking, we'll bring them on stage to do. Yeah, because I, I think you you see that in so much of early rock and roll is the the 
pop infusion of old African and and black, uh, you know, genres like blues and an old style gospel, right? Where even even like with the uh, did you watch the Beatles uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, documentary Get Back, right? They were they were just struggling to write and struggling to track songs. And then who walks in but Billy fucking Preston. And Billy Preston like evened everybody out. And when he got on the keys, everybody started playing. And it, and it was just like one of those things where, you know, when you bring a, a musician in who has a different perspective, a different life experience, and then everything, you know, you just have to trust that. You have to trust that process where, you know, you struggle with, well, Presley obviously was ripping this off and Zeppelin was was ripping this off. The Stones, the Beatles in some uh, places, you know, they popularized that style. And nowadays, you know, in hindsight, unfortunately, we see that and we see how integral, you know, African-American culture was to music at that time in the in the 50s and the 60s and and how we wouldn't have what we have now if it wasn't for you know the blues and jazz you know and and these these old uh slave songs that that were sung and it's just it's incredible it's incredible to think about we wouldn't have any of that when i guess kind of because it reminds me of almost like the christian song where you know a lot of like i know like even a lot of older like blues musicians american blues musicians even when people are like trash and elvis they would say like oh no like elvis did like highlight us he brought attention to this brand of music that if like you bought a tape and it had a black dude in front of it your mom would make you throw it out but you could buy the same kind of music and it's got Elvis's on, Elvis on it. And so it's a little bit more acceptable. Obviously, during his time, he was mm. a little bit more risque. But I kind of feel the same way about like where Christian rap can, where people who like rap can benefit from Christian rap. If you're in like a Christian household where it's like, oh, yeah, if you bring the new Wayne tape over, your mom might make you throw it out or you can't play it or she'll question it. But if you brought in like, oh, here's this Christian rap music, like no parent's going to say, get this Christian rap out of my house. And so I feel like they do, in a similar way, like invite, especially back then, invited people to experience the kind of music that you wouldn't have access to easily if it was coming from the original source. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. That that's such a cool tie back. And Luke and I do this so much when, you know, one of us picks a Christian song, the other a secular song, and then we don't know what's going to happen, but then we can kind of tie it back into the you know the previous song and that's that's such a good you know call back yeah. to uh you know granted this day and age okay you you have a uh you're not probably not going to have a cd but you have like a an album on your phone uh you know and your your parents are like, what is that? And if it's a black person on it, they're probably less likely. Hopefully, we are in the South, but hopefully they're less likely to be like, what is this? You know, but, but you know, 50, 60 years ago, that, that wasn't a thing. But so I have a question now for both of you guys. And Luke, I want you to go first because I kind of know mm. CJ's answer to this. So, Luke, what is your opinion overall of the Rolling Stones? Like, do you like them? Do you hate them? Um, no, I don't have much of an opinion on them. They're the songs that I hear are mostly songs that 
uh, I've heard on the radio growing up, and they're catchy. They're fun to listen to. Uh, there's um, Painted Black is on, on in every oh, yeah, war yeah, video game. Uh, yeah, was that <laughs> Guitar Hero? Was it Rock Band or Guitar Hero? I can't remember. I don't know. I just remember it in um, uh, no, not Painted Black. But what is it? It's the no, oh, Gimme Shelter. The, or no, simply yeah, yeah, Gimme. Anyway, yeah, it was in like the uh, Call of Duty Black Ops. Uh, that's how. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that was Sympathy that. for the Devil. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Sympathy for the Devil. Yeah. So it just, I, I relate it to certain themes, just sonically, not necessarily lyrically. Something that you may not know, Nick, but I, I tend to feel the music more than I listen to the lyrics of the music. Like I'm more of just like I, I feel the music more than I listen to the lyrics of it. Like oh, cool. CJ is much more of a lyrics guy than I am. So like that's why I was saying earlier, like, yeah, this is the first time I've really looked at the lyrics was when we listened to it earlier. And I had no idea because I grew up hearing this song a lot and I did not pick up on these uh, racial undertones or really not even undertones. They're very direct. <laughs> There's nothing under about this song. <laughs> but but whenever you're listening to the these fun, catchy, uh, you know, melodies and, and, and the, the music of it, it's just the lyrics kind of get lost for me a lot of times. So I, I do like and appreciate the Rolling Stones, but I don't actively listen to them. Like I don't, if I'm, if I'm going to put on some music, I don't put them on, but I'm never disappointed whenever they come on. So I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Siege. Um, so for me with the Rolling Stones, Keith Richards was uh, one of those guitar players that I could really emulate like early on in my guitar work. And, and that's nothing against Keith. Keith Richards, he does a lot of these two string kind of plucky leads like he does in this song. And it built up my confidence to play stuff that's a little more prominent, not just kind of lead, like rhythm in the background type stuff where I could play stuff that was a little bit more forward and be like, oh man, he's playing an A here, but he's playing it way up here on these two strings versus oh, well, I just know how to play an A way, you know, way down here on the neck. So listening to the Rolling Stones early on in my guitar playing, you know, when I was still taking music lessons and stuff was, was super cool because I could just kind of pluck it out yeah. because my music teacher, I, I was like, Hey, I was writing this little thing and it was literally just a two string melody, uh, going up the fretboard and back down. And he would say, Oh, he said like, yeah, that's, that's like Keith Richards. You know, he, he does a lot of that kind of thing. And then I started listening to the Rolling Stones more. I was probably 11, 12 maybe. And I started being like, oh yeah, this, that's kind of the type of stuff I was picking out. And then I could listen to a song like Beast of Burden where it's, it, it has this blues kind of driving rhythm, but Keith is playing this really groovy thing over the top of it and I could pick that out and hear that and so it it helped for me from a music standpoint I I, I love the Rolling Stones I like the Beatles more oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know but <laughs> but like like you were talking about earlier the Stones kind of the Beatles when the Beatles push the boundaries a lot of times it felt forced right with the Stones it, it felt like they weren't changing their sound but they were changing with the time 
and and like this song which is very i mean it's progressive you can call it offensive that's fine but it was way ahead of its time yeah. i mean like no you know you it, but even then to say it's ahead of its time you can't write this song today yeah you know yeah. so it was like ahead of its time but it was not at the same time where you look back on it and you think no it was of the times because you could say that kind of shit then but not really i, I mean this is a, this is such a catchy song. I was gonna say poppy, but you know what I mean when I say that. It's catchy, but it pushes it pushes the boundaries. It pushes the listeners' uh, complacency just to the point where it's like, do I you know do I like this or not? It challenges the listener, and and I think that that's important with music too. Whereas the Beatles, they would just do this really. Uh, you know, trippy stuff where they would do this really hard overdrive dissonant kind of sound. And it was like, yeah, but where, why are you doing this? Yeah. Like what it, it always seemed forced with the Beatles. Whereas with the stones, it, it felt more natural that they were progressing in a, a, a way that made more sense, you know? So, yeah. and that's it. And I love the Beatles as well. I will say like musically, like as far as like, individual like instrumentals and music wise i'm more impressed regularly by the beatles in terms of enjoyment i'm way more enjoying most rolling stone songs over like the beatles will have songs that blow my mind it's like oh wow like i like you've made a five minute song that is like eight different songs you have to chord changes like all the <laughs> it's so much work that goes into creating like i mean essentially they're a four-person symphony yeah and for the stones it's like oh no this is kind of like you know it's kind of like soul food i guess in a way where it's like this is comfortable it's not hard to make it's not yeah. going crazy <laughs> with something i don't expect but every time i have it i'd almost always rather have it than like if i went to go eat some like thomas keller here's yeah. one bite five hour course meal <laughs> And so I feel like that's they're a really good analogy. Yeah. They're and very like different, but I, we like food analogies company. around here. Yeah, you're, so. you're, you're, you're trying to support your, your food knowledge. Yeah. Food. I'm just letting everybody know. I do know some things about food, <laughs> <laughs> but I love the stones as well. And they're like, they were like the first rock band I like fell in love with. Cause I grew up listening mm -hmm. to hip hop music and then through like a lot of the hip hop music, I liked used rock samples and because I liked hip hop so much, I would like look in the CD for the liner notes and figure out, yeah. oh, like, what's this song? Yeah. And then I'd go, like, the first song I ever remember doing for 2001, Jay-Z, another, Jay, yeah. uh, one of his songs. And one of his songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's called The Takeover and it uses, heavily uses a Doors, the song Five to One. I think it's from the album Waiting for the Sun. And it's the, like, it's one of the coolest guitarists ever. And it uses essentially the entire song, but just adds a lot heavier bass. And so the first time I heard the Jay-Z song, I was like, oh, wow, this is a really cool beat. Who did it? Kanye West did it. Another. <laughs> Problematic. Yeah. Yeah. Cuba Gooding Jr., Kanye West. Here we go. <laughs> but so I looked up like who, like what samples Kanye West took. And then I saw this Door song. And then I listened to the Door song. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. And it's essentially like the precursor to this. So if I like this, then I should give them a more, more of a shot. And so the Doors, who I don't like like very much currently, were my introduction into rock music. That's super cool. That, that's yeah, I had no idea that. And and that like that's something that I love about rap music 
is when I can listen to a song and be like, I have to know what this sample is from. Yeah. And you look it up. There's a there's a Kendrick Lamar song. I think it's um oh man, what is the song? It, it's on his album Damn. I think it's the one with Rihanna, and it's um maybe it's called Love or something. I'll I'll correct myself in the show notes, but it's the Bruno Mars song Twenty Four Karat Magic, oh, yeah, yeah. but it's like flipped backwards and inverted, and and then like pitched way up. And so I was listening to the sample going like, this sounds so familiar. And then when I looked mm. it up, I was like, oh, that's it. And it's just, it's brilliant the way that they can manipulate something. And they really don't even have to, like the Jay-Z, again, Jay-Z songs. And his, the, his, his Black album with the mashup with the Beatles' White album. Oh, yeah. oh that's it's, great. And, to make the Grey album. I mean the most incredible thing oh, so i good. mean it's so good you can't really find it yeah. anywhere i'm sorry for even bringing it up uh you can find it on certain places well that's what and paul uh, mccartney I, loved I it like they asked him and jay-z they were like hey do you yeah. want to do that but paul mccartney didn't own any of the songs it was like yeah i appreciate it like all music is great i love when people you know mash things up that are unexpected and then turn like two pieces of art into one piece but like they don't, he doesn't own any of the music, so they can't release it because what is it, EMI or whoever? Uh, I don't know who owns the Beatles. So, does Sony own all the Beatles oh, stuff? Do. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, uh, it's just it's so cool to see the way that you know, because just to kind of call back to talking about blues music or whatever, where Presley was bringing to light uh, certain you know African American tunes. Uh, and and then you know now it's like rap music with the sampling of different different beats and different things. It's just man, it, it's music is so cool. It's always evolving. You know, it, it can lead you down these rabbit holes where you're like, oh, who does this song? And then the next thing you know, you're like, you know, well they did this sample, but then there's another sample in the song, and so you're listening to like five different bands and. You know, it, it takes you down these really cool uh, rabbit holes. Um, so to, to speak on, on the sampling bit, I, I, you know, sampling is seems to be a, a big part of hip hop and rap culture. And yep. something that I heard a long time ago, and I can't remember where I heard it from, but it's like it came from um, from school districts that were underfunded and they didn't have uh, a, like music um they didn't have music programs in their schools, and so the these these people in these in these areas they they still strongly desired an outlet a, a music outlet, and so they would what they did have was they had a turntable and records, and so that they 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 would take those records and they would manipulate them and create something new from it, uh, and so that's where you get like the record scratches and 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 the sampling and yeah. I, I find that very interesting oh, wow. that. They didn't have resources, so they took what little they had and made something from it. And that that is a strength of I hesitate to say, but you know, black culture. It, it's it's they're, they're very what's the word ingenuitive. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> And I'll tie it into um, and that 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 goes into food too. Like they did the same. Yeah, thing oh, yeah. Just the same thing something. with every like everything. Like the, when people are not giving very much, given very much, they they create more because of the lack of resources. Yeah. Because they, they're forced to be more creative because the human condition is to create. And so when you don't have anything, you, you take what little you have and, and 
create something more from it. Yeah. And I think that that's uh, an amazing thing that people are able to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, yeah. And yeah, I guess that's the kind of great part about like, yeah, food, as you were saying, and even just um, like hip hop music, like so many other art forms of music where it's people who have nothing who are able to create masterpieces from things that everybody just looks over and doesn't yeah. consider twice. And and really, I mean, the the tie-in there is the sense of family and community, right? There's there's yeah. nothing better, and, and you two can attest to this more than me because y'all are phenomenal cooks. But like, there's nothing better than watching someone eat something that you made and enjoy it, right? That's I mean, that, that's or, or or whatever you've crafted, Luke, with with pottery, right? Or or in the, in the case of music, to see someone really connect to a song that you've composed, that you've structured, that you've written. And uh, there, it's just a fantastic feeling. Also, Luke, I want to ask you, because I'd be interested to see how like how that makes you feel. So have you ever been, like when you make bowls, you make coffee mugs, like all the stuff you make in pottery, I'm mm-hmm. assuming you've given it to or your friends have bought in some of it before. Have you ever gone into their house and like seen like your mug in a place where you know it's like, oh, they use this or a bowl, like seen something you created and in it, it's in a spot in their house where you're like, oh, they use this every day. It's happened a couple of times. Yeah. And it, uh, <laughs> well, I don't know if CJ, you're raising your hand on a, on an audio format. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I have tagged you in posts before with me, like saying like yeah. drinking out of a coffee mug and tagged you, you know, on the coffee mug. I still use that coffee mug like every couple days like i i drink out of yeah. it i wash it and i drink out of it you know a couple of days later and it's it's and that was one of my early pieces so the fact yeah. that you still like it and, and use it i mean it's i mean it's better than i felt giving you that food quiz it's an amazing <laughs> <thing>. yeah. <laughs> so this entire episode i'm just trying to see how horny we can get Um, yeah, I mean, I it's it's indescribable. Like, Holidays. Uh, I I um, I liken it unto the whenever CJ and I played together, like probably for the first time ever, or at least in a long time. Uh, whenever I was there in 2020, yeah. before everything, before you started COVID. shut down. Um, <laughs> yeah, before yeah, I mean, you were just, patient zero. Yeah, I mean, it's just whenever people connect with the things that you make. Yeah, it's just. I can't describe how amazing that is because I'll do something privately, whether it's practicing music or it's uh, practicing woodworking or the pottery thing. And and then I, you know, it's, it's a finished piece and I put it on a shelf and someone wants to buy it. I mean, it's just the best feeling like that, that it connects with somebody, uh, something that was in my head or, or something that just happened because I was just doing the thing you know sometimes i don't don't always have an end goal in mind of what i want to create but i just do it and then make it and just follow through with it and it connects with somebody to the point where they want to give me money for it yeah i mean it's amazing i can't i can't i can't tell you how much that means so on the reverse end and you don't have to use name but have you ever been into your friend's house and you've given them something and you've never been able to track it back? Like you gave them a mug and then you can't find Honestly, it. Plot it, it may have happened. It may have happened, but I don't, that it just, it doesn't, I, I've made so many things and I, I've forgotten so many things that people have bought that, you know, even, even friends have bought 
that I, if they didn't have it, I wouldn't remember. Remember, <laughs> it, it's just been, you know, I, I've just I've made a lot. So if they, if I didn't see it in their place, it doesn't even come up in my mind that it's not a showcase piece, you know. Subconsciously, you just stop being friends with them. <laughs> yeah, I, I only have like three friends, so. <laughs> and there's two of them right here. <laughs> Brittany, you're the third friend. <laughs> All right, well, Nick, thank you so much, man, for coming yeah. and hanging out with us and bringing a yeah, song. Was <laughs> I was not what I was expecting <laughs> at all. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting, but I was not expecting that. I had to dig back 20 years to find a Christian song I knew. <laughs> well, I was thinking you were going to bring like P.O.D. or something like that. I didn't think but... about doing that, but I thought both of you guys would be disappointed in me if I did. Well, the, well see, we haven't done P.O.D. on the uh, on the podcast yet, so maybe we'll have you back sometime Because what they do, soon, Youth of the and... Nation, is that them? Yeah, 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 that's okay. P.O.D. So, but thank you, man, for, for hanging out with us. And thank you guys, listeners, for listening and, and listening to our conversation. Hopefully it was insightful. Hopefully yeah, it was unique. And hopefully it was lighthearted. It was more lighthearted than uh, it has been in a little while. We, yeah. we, we've we been talking a lot about hell on the Jeez. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Which inevitably gets dark, you know, but... It's good um, to talk about where you're headed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know where I'm going. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Luke, anything else, man? Uh, no, I'm good, man. This was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, check out all of our socials in the show notes, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all that good stuff. You can also find our Spotify playlist where we put all the songs that we listen to uh, on the podcast down there. So it's quite the eccentric mix and you can always email us our email is also in the show notes nick thank you so much for coming in and recording with us and, and hanging out yeah man. man this was great thank you guys very much for having me this was a lot of fun i laughed even harder listening to you guys talk about the christian songs and then the rolling stone songs was great and yeah thank you guys again for having <laughs> me this was awesome well as we end the show we always say remember to love your neighbor as yourself Bye, y'all. Bye.